So, Berto, I thought we'd just do kind of a rambly episode in which uh, we... Ramble on! Ramble on! We respond to emails from the listeners. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. This is the Psychology in Seattle podcast. I am your host, Dr. Kirk Honda. I am a therapist and a <laughs> professor. Sometimes I just want to mix it up because I feel like I say the same goddamn thing every time. <laughs> I am big pentameter. Uh, my name is Umberto Castaña. I repair guitar strings. So, why? Sometimes they break, yeah. and I hate to see broken guitar strings. So, what I do is I wind them back up to, you know, like I do the little... I turn them around themselves. Or recycle, reuse. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but they can't be used for guitars anymore at that point. So I use them for other things. Like what? For example, um, I have a very large garbage can, and I like to fill it up with <laughs> those. That's one use case. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. There's others. So I got this email from not. I don't know if it was a listener or not, but I got this email uh, a week ago, and uh, it's a guy named Justin Ehrlich. So oh. Ehrlich reminds me of... Ehrlich Bachman. Yeah. Um, and LAC at the end, and I looked that up, and it's a licensed acupuncturist oh. person. Hi, my name is Justin Ehrlich, and I help high achievers overcome their chronic emotional struggles. I have a few content ideas that I think would be very valuable for your audience. Have you considered featuring a Taoist life coach, life coach on your podcast before? And I get emails like this all the time. Whoa. And so I uh, just ignored it because... There, there, there are times when I'll respond. I'll be like, yeah. oh, that sounds interesting. You know, yeah, but let's talk. But I was like, I don't know, Dallas Life Coach. I want to hire this guy to help me out. Okay. Well, anyway, so I just ignored it. I okay. didn't, you know, I, I, get, I get emails like this all right, the time. Right, right. You know, I think there's just this, there's this list of podcasts and people just spam you, you know. I see. Like, but seven days later today, just before you showed up, bro, okay. uh, he wrote again. Oh. He says, hi, not sure if you're interested in creating valuable content for your audience. Uh, but if you'd like to know uh, what types of tips I can provide to help your audience have more successful and meaningful lives, reply and I'll send a few along. Justin Ehrlich, licensed acupuncturist. But I just love. I, I don't just, think you're interested. But I just love this this uh, this sentence. Not sure not if you're sure. not sure if you're interested in creating valuable content for your audience, but not sure you're interested in breathing oxygen, but. <laughs> Uh, I found this one weird tip will make you breathe oxygen. <laughs> yeah. Not sure if you actually want to have good content or not, but yeah. anyway. If, Are you interested in quality? Yeah. <laughs> do you want to make more money? Sure, we all do. <laughs> I just love that insulting like language. It's like, yeah. Well, you, oh, Justin Ehrlich, licensed acupuncturist, you won me over with your insulting neg. I was going to hire him before, but now I'm not sure. <laughs> all right. Patron Daniel emailed us three years ago, and... I have had this on the list for you and I to talk about for three years. Whoa, really? Um, yeah, it's about Snapchat and LOL and what was going on three years oh. ago. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, he says, I'm doing a psychology degree and our biopsychology course talked about evolutionary psychology. My instructor believes that he knows exactly what happened millions of years ago. He's sure that animal observations are 100% applicable to humans. Many of the claims are often just speculative and adjusted to support the evolutionary theory. According to him, women do not enjoy sex, and they never fantasize about sex. If you are a woman that enjoys sex, then you must be abnormal. Men are, of course, more intelligent and stronger than women, and rape is completely normal. By the way, Buss, David Buss was his supervisor, and apparently Buss always made sure to only work with young, attractive women. Berto, what do you think about this? Well, okay, first of all, if... If this were all true <laughs> and accurate, that seems pretty problematic. 
it does sound a little extreme in the narrative. I, I, I just find it hard to believe that, but maybe that this person is really that extreme. Like I, I'm imagining these lectures, like, listen, just as a matter of fact, just so y'all know, I want the woman to stand over here, the man to stand over here. Okay, you over here on my left, you're all inferior and you don't like sex. Oh, you say you do? Okay, you're weird. Get out. <laughs> I, I don't know. It sounds a little extreme, but... Yeah, rape is completely normal. That kind yeah, of like... But, but the notion that uh, there are those in evolutionary psychology that absolutely believe that they have, you know, very yes, strong, yeah. uh, you know, definitive evidence right. that women evolved to protect their eggs and to be only interested in attachment and women and men evolved to be only interested in spreading their seed all over the place and really not that interested in attachment because if they can spread if they can just be you know that seems like a more successful genetic or um yeah strategy for for uh genders for uh for yeah for maximizing the quality of the like if if you if someone was designing better algorithms for creatures to uh, procreate and you and you had designed a human that had a male with tons you know trillions and trillions of sperm and a female with limited number of eggs then I would think that the strategy one would follow would be something along those lines you would also think that our eyeballs would not be so fucking vulnerable because they're so important to us and that we need to blink all the time you know yeah. but biology is doesn't always make sense right yeah. Uh, it would also make sense that we wouldn't have an appendix that would blow up and kill us. Uh, it would also make sense that we wouldn't live in a world where you know viruses kill us periodically. Right. I, I think what what happens though is that there is a there is an advantage in evidence from the standpoint of well, some strategies seem to have worked enough for this one species to be around right now, and hence you have to conclude that some factors seem to be more successful than other factors. And then you can try to figure out which ones that might be. But I think what we're arguing here is that some of these folk think they have that solution. Right. They have that solved. Yeah. The idea that we evolved is un- irrefutable. Irrefutable? Yeah. Uh, in- in- uncontestable. Yeah. <laughs> Obvious. Evidence-based. We evolved. Uh, the idea that we have an evolved psychology, that we have, invo- that we have evolved certain instincts... Um, is obvious. The idea that uh, women evolved to not like sex and, and men evolved to be obsessed with sex is um, not not demonstrated by evidence, right. especially when you look at cross-cultural, cross-history, um, even when you just study individuals. You know, there are plenty of women who think about sex all the time right. and fantasize about sex and aren't interested in being tied down right. to anybody like you could have a counter hypothesis that goes something like this uh because a woman it's not it's very easy for a man to ejaculate and guarantee unless they have some sort of medical problem or something, guarantee that tons of sperm will be in that ejaculate right it's fairly easy you know in general uh but it's it's not easy necessarily to actually get pregnant at all times of the month and in all cases and blah, blah. So you would, a counter hypothesis could be that women evolved to grab any guy they can at all times. Fuck me, fuck me, fuck me. Ejaculate, ejaculate, ejaculate. More, more, more. Yeah, that that women evolved to have sex with a hundred women a day just to make sure that they get pregnant, right? Yeah. But, but men evolved, on the other hand... To be very selective. Selective, because, yes, of course, it's easy to come. But here's the problem. 
they want to have the best mate possible because their their next baby needs to be really really perfect. Right. It yeah. it's all and and I love the way you're pointing this out because I have finally brainwashed you. Ah! I <laughs> know. Oh, All I'm saying is I agree with you that 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 that, yes. that story yes. doesn't resonate with a a bias of what is natural, quote unquote, right. and uh, and doesn't self serve male theorists who want to fantasize about a natural state of having sex with as many women as possible because right. because that's their fantasy right. apparently, and so um, oh, and justification. Because one could right. look. I don't know who these people are, and I, I, I'm certainly not speaking for all evolutionary. Like all I'm saying is, even myself, I'll admit, when I was a younger person, me and some of my buddies would have conversations along the lines of, "Hey, such and such, it's just natural. It's like we men, it's just men, right?" And and what I have come to realize, partially from conversation with you and just kind of looking around the world and things like that, is yeah, brainwashing and brainwashing. Certainly, what one might assume is like the norm or what should be the way and stuff like that is way the hell more complicated than you might think. Right. And it might even be true, but yeah. impossible at right. this stage to demonstrate given our technologies. Uh, and that's the other thing I just want to say is, as I've always said, people like uh, Drain came to me the other, we were talking about something and some somehow evolutionary psychology came up and he's like, oh, well, I know you hate evolutionary psychology. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. I, you know, people... Listen to me. I love evolutionary psychology. <laughs> I love evolution. I love psychology. What's not to love about the idea of evolutionary psychology? Some evolutionary psychology science is sound and interesting and totally relevant and coherent. Um, what I'm talking about is in evolutionary psychology, under my anecdotal findings, there is a much higher rate of extremely dubious science being um, published in re respectable evolutionary psychology journals and being propped up by the right. industry as as hard science and right. um, and they're often politically problematic. Is in but, addition to also just being not likely uh, hard science. What what happened is when you and I first encountered each other on this topic, which was now several years ago. Um, I don't even know, but it was a long time ago. Uh, what happened is well, I actually I first, I first started studying it in twelve, I think. Okay, so so I actually, of course, I hadn't studied evolutionary psychology, but I had read books that I guess I didn't realize were based on such kind of thing. Uh, but to me, what what happened is I had heard some arguments being made in those books without the studies to back them up that sounded really plausible, right? Right, and so when we had our first encounter around this. I was just taking it as a given, and I was saying, "Oh, look! Like, look at the size of the breast, right. or whatever." Right? Right. And, and, and that's the problem: is right. that not only is it a uh, problem in the evolutionary psychology and its related fields right. that they publish these studies as if it's hard science and 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 true, but it's very sexy to the public. And when they read right. articles about these studies by journalists that don't really know how to look at these things critically, and you have evolutionary psychologists talking, you know, with a lot of authority as right. if these things are, you know, hard science and definitely true, you have a society that basically just just takes it all in, like, well, you know, scientists proved this and that, and yeah. and it you're basically lying to people. Look, you know, it'd be like if. Uh, 
it's, it's similar to 500 years ago when someone would look up, or just even a couple hundred years ago, they would look in a telescope up at Mars and they go, we have proven that there are aliens on Mars yeah. because we see canals. Because when they, you know, because yeah, yeah. there's a lot of canyons on Mars. Right. And originally what they, what they thought they saw, and they actually kind of draw it out because it was real fuzzy. What we know them to now be are just these giant um, Grand Canyons on Mars. By the time, it looked like it looked like um, roads essentially between different cities. And so, those people, you know, they could have said, "I don't know what it is, but maybe it's roads, and maybe there are aliens." But yeah, we, no, that like that's our current working theory. But we know? don't. But we don't know. <laughs> right. It could just be but, but, something uh, okay. we can't think of. But instead, what they yeah. said yeah. back then was. We have proven there are aliens on Mars. Right. Now, that's what a lot of evolutionary psychologists are doing today. They're looking through a very fuzzy microscope, and they are drawing conclusions. And maybe it's true, because maybe there were aliens on—I mean, there weren't. We know that. But there could have been. Yeah. Back, if I lived 200 years ago, I'd be like, right. well, you know, maybe. So— these evolutionary psychologists could be right. There, there's, there's, we, could be right, but they, they, so, but, but they're not yeah. demonstrating it in a strong enough way for me and yeah. many others people who, this isn't just me, it's sure. a lot of people who have integrity in science. They look at a lot of these claims and they're like, well, maybe, but you're not really be making a strong argument and you're talking about it as if you've, you've proven it. Yeah. And you're, and you're reporting it to the public as if it's a done deal and it's not a done Where deal. Where I think you and I, uh, have had more recent disagreements is, and it might just be a mischaracterization on my part, but I have at times felt that you were biased in favor of the cultural explanation for something, but from my perspective, potentially lacking the same said conclusive evidence. And that's just been, I, I don't remember no, the no, specific yeah, I instances. But, I, I, yeah. I will admit that I am probably biased in a false wrong-headed way toward culture and learning as a explanation for human behavior because I'm so fucking tired of everyone right. You're trying to over, yeah <laughs> everyone is the opposite of me do yeah. you know what I mean I don't I except for feminists and social constructionists and there yeah. are there are those people but yeah. Especially you and like all lay people, like yeah. you, you, you bring up the idea that um, some of their ideas about uh, food and music right. and their preferences for like color are based on culture and learning. They'll be like, "That's ridiculous. Right. Red is just an attractive color." <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, you know, and, and and you have certainly swayed me a lot in these years on right. that like, front. Like no one says that it's natural to speak English. Yeah. Right. Because it's so obvious that different cultures have right. different languages. Right. But when you say your preference for girls wearing pink and boys wearing blue is cultural, they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So, but so pink, right. pink is clearly a feminine color. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's just like, where, where you, I, you run right. into this wall and you're just like, do, you know, you can understand language being cultural, but you can't understand other preferences being cultural. Where I've, where I've run, and this isn't so much with you, but I have had debates that do start losing me is um, take language. This isn't a specific debate I've had, but I could imagine this happening where we, you know, there's, uh, I forget the percentage, but a lot of languages have a very similar word for the first few words that, that you can make. And so, of course, a, a reasonable hypothesis would be, well, that's probably because the human throat, uh, like vocal cords, can only make certain sounds to start with. Sure. And those would probably easily get associated with the most important things, like ma, right? Mm -hmm. Da, right? 
Um, okay. So, but, but I, I feel like in the past I've had some debates, maybe with, uh, maybe with an extreme feminist or two, where I was, I felt that it was impossible to, to us, to imagine that anything was, yeah, was there at birth. No, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I don't yeah. consider that to be level headed. When I have given presentations on evolutionary psychology, one of the questions that I've asked people is, do you believe that we are born with some instincts? Right. You know, just say, like, what's your opinion? Do you think that we're born with just any instinct? Yeah. And I will find that people who are like that will be like, no, I don't think we're... It's all programmed. It's all learned. And I'm like, well... That doesn't make any yeah. sense. Like clearly, you get hungry. <laughs> yeah, like, um, you, like yeah. the the urge to suckle a breast. Right. You know, that's a behavior. That's patriarchal. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like uh, the the urge to look into the eyes of the mother while you're breastfeeding. Right. The urge to want to take a shit. Yeah. The, the urge to uh, want to be held. Right, right. The the preference for warmth and to be you know swaddled right. like. Uh, and then extend from there, like the preference for safety, the preference for yeah. people who look like you, you know, like. And, and for me, like, I, I certainly, I, I view a continuum of the, the universe has micro programs at the quantum level, <laughs> let alone if there's anything underneath that, right? Uh, and then hence why when certain, uh, um, certain quanta <laughs> get, together they form particles and when those particles get together and so forth and then you get to dna and dna is a program and and certainly uh, the the raw state of the brain has its own little program to build new connections and all these things so i think we can certainly agree on that what what i i have definitely uh conceded in maybe if not explicitly i will do so now is that i have come to appreciate that just because something makes logical sense as we say it with our understanding of the world the way we think it is, doesn't make it a fact. Doesn't right. mean that it is. And and even though I haven't used that in physics or math, for some reason when it came to these uh, biological topics, I was swayed. You know, I was swayed by, well, yeah, why is the why are breasts shaped like butts? That would you know whatever, right? Right. <laughs> like no one is like. Well, I feel like pi is four point one four. Right. You know, no one. No one when they they used to do that. They right. used to, there was I forget where it was. They passed a law. This is like a thousand years ago or something. Where it's like pi is three. Oh, right. I know what it was because of biblical. Like because of the Bible, there was a thing where it, pi had to be like a whole uh, number. It was or it was three point or three because of the or Trinity something. or something. Yeah, something like that. I, I'm totally butchering it. But but when that has happened, yeah. That's the wrong thing to do. <laughs> right. But no one does that today. Right. But right. when it comes to psychology, everyone's like, well, I don't know. I feel like men are this way and women are that In fact, the only analogs that I can think of right now are when you actually watch non-cynical, honest, flat earthers. Because the arguments are actually along these lines. They say things like, listen, look out at a river or a lake. Do you see water curving? No. Water doesn't curve. Water lays flat. It just makes sense. Yeah, right? Yeah. And then, and then if you, if you actually just like try to approach that for anything, you could kind of make some crazy arguments that way. Yeah. So uh, maybe this is the last time we'll ever talk about evolutionary psychology. So I just want to kind of ramble for a second. <laughs> I, I, I haven't talked about this. I don't think I was on a radio show uh, a couple years ago and it was a debate. I think a listener had a radio show or something and, 
I was on the radio show and it was a debate between two people who are critical of evolutionary psychology and two people who were uh, pro-evolutionary psychology. And they actually had a professor of evolutionary psychology from mm. East, East Coast or something. And we were going back and forth and I was getting hot. You know, I was getting, <laughs> I was getting upset. And at, and at some point he, uh, he's like, well, let Kirk, let me tell you this study that we did at the university. And he proceeds to talk about how they did this study and they found that um, when they uh, gave information that basically the study concluded, if I and, and I'm pretty sure this is what it, it concluded, was that people, if they're biased, it will affect the way they interpret things. But what he did it on were people who were anti-evolutionary psychology. And so mm-hmm. what he was telling me was, look, Kirk, these anti-evolutionary psychology people interpreted this wrongly because of their ideology. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, no doy. And people that are pro-evolutionary psychology right. also do that. So what's your point? Like he thought he had slam dunk, like right. eliminated me. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly my point. Professor people think from a place of bias and they use motivated reasoning based on what they hope to be true. Yeah, you're right. Right. So it would have been the stronger case in his side. If, if you're like, you know, first we established that, uh, there is, we found the gene that controls belief in evolutionary psychology. Yeah. And second, if you have that gene, you answer incorrectly in these cases. Or, or <laughs> more realistically, we proved that people who believe in evolutionary psychology are not biased because of blah, blah, blah. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas people who are anti-psycho, you know. Again, I just want to say, um, there's a lot of things that we likely evolved in terms of psychology. We evolved to have a drive for sex. We evolved to have a drive to eat food, particularly salt, fat, and sugar. We evolved to build attachments. We evolved to avoid rejection from the tribe. That seems pretty ingrained in all of us. We, we want acceptance from our tribe. We evolved to avoid pain. We don't like things painful. We evolved to prefer pleasurable things like, like the sun on our face and a nice cold drink of water. Uh, we evolved to express our fundamental emotions in probably very similar ways, like pain and disgust and joy. You know, we smile, or when we're when we're disgusted, we make a face and we like recoil. And when mm-hmm. we're in pain, uh, emotional pain, we might cry. You know, these are these are things that are likely instinctual, and we evolved those mechanisms. We evolved to not like ammonia or. Um, you know, puke or poop, you know, I, I, don't, I can't remember the list of things that we evolved that is universal cross-cultural things that we don't like, but, you know, we evolved to do that. But beyond that, it's hard to know what is learned and what is evolved and what's in our DNA. It might come, it, we might figure out with some technology later on that uh, there are, you know, non-cultural, huge differences between men and women that are exhibited in our culture. Like um, a current argument like people like Jordan Peterson are making is that men are uh, men evolved to prefer activities that involve things like engineering and science and that yeah. kind of thing. And women evolved to uh, engage in things like uh, teaching kindergartners and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And now, maybe, you know, yeah. there, it could be. But we don't have a way of actually measuring that today because we all grow up in a culture that proposes gender as a construct. Um, Now, again, I just want to say, I'm not saying it's not true. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's 
there's a lot of evidence that kind of points in a lot of different directions, you know, because yeah. as our society becomes more, um, more equal, so to speak, without a better, you know, term, yeah. uh, we find that women start that they, the differences between men and women start to close. Yeah. Now what Jordan Peterson and other people say is, but it still hasn't closed completely, even in some of the more, the most egalitarian societies like Norway and Sweden. Well, they, he makes an argument that in those societies, the differences get exacerbated or, uh, yeah, exacerbated. Because and I I have not looked at the data or whatever, but he says he gives an example of one of those countries, Norway or one of them, and he says that they're they're super maybe it's Sweden, it's super egalitarian all these things, and yet you have more women in blah 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 profession and more blah blah. Right. Again, I haven't looked at the data, but I, I I will say this. So the part that I fully agree with you is, and now I've come to realize that right is, uh, what what I thought was evidence. Initially, I was I was using good sounding arguments, right? And you, if you have one meta point, is like that's not how science works, right? right? Okay, so totally agree. Uh, the other part, and it sounds like you you sort of agree with me too, is that uh, it, it's also not easy to know what's culture, right? Like, yeah. And and one point that I've made before is even if in some cases, just even if we agreed that something is caused by culture, doesn't mean we can fix it easily. Because if it, whether it's genetic or deeply, deeply cultural, I guess the genetic part is even harder to fix. But the the, the deeply, deeply cultural issues, they're not easy to fix either. You know. Well, that's a whole other question. Yeah. You know, fixing or or changing. I or should say. engineering. Yeah. You know? So so for, like if we said, okay, we've proved it. Uh, boys prefer blue because of culture, and for some reason we wanted to change it. It's not something you can just flip flip a switch, right? Like right. you'd have to. Uh, have massive re-education over years and years. Yeah. To, yeah. Right. So, so, um, so the, the Jordan Peterson argument, which isn't just his, it's a lot of people, um, is again, it's based on observation. You're not actually experimenting on people. Yeah. You didn't take a group of people and actually raise them in different contexts and see what happens. You're actually looking at a country and according to their claim, it is. It has completely erased gender as a construct in their society, which right. I find to be extremely unlikely. Yeah. That in Sweden, there's no gender construct around right, like right. what occupation. Right. That premise is already like. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. premise is ridiculous. Now, again, I'm not. I'm not saying it's not true. Yeah. But by refuting by refuting their claim, I'm not saying it's not right. true. What I'm saying is they have not demonstrated it's yes. true. In the same way that 200 years ago, they did not demonstrate there were aliens on Mars. I, if I was 200 years ago and thought the way I did now, I'd be like, you have not demonstrated there are Martians. You have looked at something and you're drawing conclusions. Maybe there are Martians, but you haven't, you haven't proven now, it to me yet. Now, one caveat is, which I think the Mars example is, is, is good, but one could say that... Uh, at different well, at different times in history, there have been proofs for certain things that later on new data arose, and those proofs were no longer sufficient or correct. Right. So, so you know, as an example, uh, there there were, uh, and I don't mean mathematical proofs. I mean more like uh, evidence. You know, there was evidence pointing in the direction of things like uh, Pluto. Let's take Pluto, a simple example. Pluto is a planet. Right? Everyone knows Pluto is a planet. It's actually not a planet. Well, exactly. Because new evidence came up and people well, were like, Well, okay, no, well, new designation came Oh, up. fine. Right? Okay. Maybe that's a bad example. But, uh, or, or, or uh, gravity. What am I talking about? Like, so let's take new, Newtonian physics, right? There was quote unquote evidence, a proof that was based on evidence that 
that's how physics works, right? And then new evidence came about and they had to say, actually, that's not, that's not how the universe works. It's close, but not. Right. Here's a new thing. And so it is true that... So those not wanting to talk about relativity. Yeah. So it is true that you can have something that is, for now, agreed upon as like, yeah, this is, this is how the world works. Is it relativity? Is that the... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because what, what happened... What, yeah, anyways. So th- this is how the world works. We have this I evidence. I should know if that was the name of his theory that explained gravity. Did relativity yes. explain gravity? Yes. Okay. Well, it doesn't explain it. It reframes the relationship between... Right. Yeah. Because uh, we still don't really know, like... Well, Newton, we, we it, was a, know Newton it was a force, you know, similar to, um, you know, nuclear forces or something, yeah. or magnetism. But what Einstein demonstrated was that it's related to space-time. Yeah, exactly. And, like, the, the big difference is that that you... Mass is the related. The frame anyway. of reference. <laughs> the point is, is I, I think I get what you're saying, but I don't see how it relates. Well, I mean, what I'm saying is that I, I think like, I, if you're getting at this, the uh, distinction I'm making is that we can't. I, I don't think we should just say, "Hey, you cannot agree on anything until it's completely proven." No, because there's never a complete. No, proof. no, right. Th- that's not what I'm saying. What right. I'm saying is, is like speculate away, but couch it in the fact that you're fucking speculating. Well, no, no. I'm going a little stronger. I'm saying, no, we could agree on a view of the world based on evidence. We can and agree. And later find out that we were incorrect or incomplete. No. And that's I'm not, how, that science, that's not the, how science works. You agree <laughs> on the you agree on the data. So what you agree on and is, that, theory is that women in the United States are uh, among people who, who want to be a preschool teacher for whatever reason, more women want to be a preschool teacher than men, right? Yes. If you want to be an engineer, for whatever reason, more men want to be an engineer than women. Okay, you can say that. That's data. That's hard science. We know that. Now, why is that true? Right. Now, everyone with respectable intelligence and knowledge of this area would say, well, it's, it's, it's at least a little bit cultural, if not entirely cultural, but, and it's possible that it's biological as well. And right. if, if not entirely biological, but we know it's at least somewhat cultural. Um, now, how much of that is impossible for us to determine at this point? We don't know. We can start to study it, and we can start to accumulate different angles of looking at this. But until we have the ability to experiment on actual humans, my guess is, is I just thought of it today, or maybe I thought about it before, is at some distant future, we'll have the ability to model DNA in a computer and, and epigenetics. And God, I can't, it'd be, basically be like some advanced matrix of some kind. And you would actually run models on humans and experiment on their upbringing. But or, that would be or awful. Because the ethics of like taking a sentient being and actually like experimenting right. on them. Or, but you, you could find direct gene relationships to certain things too. But no, but you can't. It's you, not. You can. You you can that. No, you. When you actually talk to genetic researchers, there's no gene for engineering. Uh, of course not. But there are there are genes directly related to to more specific things than just you know like certain brain processes, sure. kind of. But yeah. the brain is this massive complex thing, and so many genes are related to it, and a lot of yeah. epigenetics are related to it as well. Yeah. So, and certain genes will get turned on by by culture. So, when you expose children, you know, boys or girls, to particular things, certain uh, genes get turned on, yep. some get turned off. So that just finding a gene that's related to a particular
particular process in the brain isn't enough. You have to, again, you still have to take them out yeah, of the Yeah, I know, I know. But sometimes I feel like we're saying that, therefore, it's impossible to even start, which I know is not what you're saying. No. And what I'm saying what is, I, is you, what I'm everyone to just s- has to say that they, they're just unsure. Right. But what I'm trying to say about science, I do disagree with this, is there was agreement at least some years after Newton proposed his laws of motion and his laws of, of physics, essentially, that that's the way the world worked. Yeah, it was a, it was a the good e- it was evidence a good model. matched his model. Exactly. Right. The evidence right. was there. Right, right. So what I'm saying is that it is possible today that if enough evidence starts matching but a the, model, good, then people would agree, even I if will, they're wrong. G- yes, if that's your point, yes. great. If yeah. the evidence yes. creates a good theory, yeah. a good model, right. I will celebrate right. I would love there to be enough evidence to create an evolutionary psychology model that would demonstrate um, exactly how genders and occupations work. <laughs> like, that would be awesome. It just doesn't exist right now. Um, when Newton came up with his laws of physics, all you had to do was grab, you know, certain things and drop them, you know, and, and, and you experimented. You take a, well, a big rock and a small rock and you drop it off a building and they both land at the same time, you know? Yeah, and, but, and, you know, like only, <laughs> only in one part of the world, right? Only in a certain atmosphere, only in one planet, only in one climate type, right. only in one, right? Only, but there only, were a lot only, of diff- only, 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 But, well, but then he started looking at uh, planets. He started looking right. at suns. It took a long time to experiment over and over and over and over to start validating that it was and it And it was validated over right. and over again. The right. model was valid. But his, but his hypothesis but, and theory was well, not formed after hundreds of years of experiments, right? It was, but well, it was, but it was building were, upon previous stuff. He, yeah, right? he built on previous yeah. people, one. Two, it's a hard science that you can measure. You don't have to, uh, you know, you don't, that rock doesn't have to consent to being yeah. in a study and you don't have to ask the rock a question. Like, well, yeah, but I what could, sort of job do you want rock? You just drop it off of the building. Right. But well, I could say something like humans may not necessarily behave like the rock and you can't drop a human to test it. What do you mean? Well, I'm saying like, even with physics, right? Just using your same, your same, uh, kind of problem statement. I would say, well, you actually can't run a lot of these physics experiments on humans ethically. I know. Right? What's your point? Well, do we know that physics applies exactly the same to humans? Physics applies to humans, yes. How, how do we know that? Because if I punch you in the face, there's a force that happens. And but you a, can't ethically test that, right? No, I can't ethically divide, right. but I can also watch boxing matches. And right. <laughs> and, and so we have... We have we triangulate from a lot of different ways, yeah. and, and then we sort of agree. We agree, yeah. gentlemen's Fi- agreement, scientists' agreement, <laughs> well, not gentlemen's agreement. Well, I don't know what agreement. your point is. Uh, you know that we don't actually have perfect experiments and perfect proof for anything. For anything, no, no. Right? But there's enough data points. Yeah. And in physics, there is a uh, over time, scientists are brilliant enough to come up with elegant and numerous different ex- experiments to validate certain certain right. observations and certain findings. And, and, and honestly, and when, they do when, it over and over again. Right. When it comes to psychology, you have to ask humans yeah. what they think. You have to ask them what they feel. Um, you're asking and then you and you also watch them as they grow in a complex world and choose a career. Yeah. You know, like you the advertising and TV yeah. shows and heroes and and 
some women go into engineering. Right. And some men are preschool teachers. So how does that make any sense? And we're not talking like gay dudes become, you know, right. fully, you know, red-blooded, you know, like super heterosexual masculine men become preschool teachers. And so, so the claims need to be couched in that. And yeah. there are responsible evolutionary psychologists and related fields yeah. who actually are publishing studies. They provide the limitations. They provide the um, caveats. When they give TED Talks, they provide the, you know, well, we're speculating here. Yeah, but yeah. guess what? No one wants to watch that. <laughs> it doesn't get watched on YouTube. Right. And, uh, you know, men's rights activists don't spread that around. Because it doesn't match their narrative that men sure. are better and somehow masculinity is this like inherent thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like all I, all I would just want to do is tell people, you know, just travel to India or travel to Tokyo and tell me that masculinity, American masculinity is the masculinity. Because right. I'm here to tell you that masculinity in Tokyo is bizarre to you oh but that's because they're not white americans right or they're weird you know what i mean it's just like well they're men they have they're born to, oh you know different race different race you know <laughs> totally different it's like nope that's one thing we do know is genetically uh the difference between a white american or a right. white european descendant uh and a japanese person is almost zero the the differences between japanese people are greater than the difference between white people and japanese people um anyway so um, let me just give one, and then we'll, I'll never talk about evolutionary psychology <laughs> again because I'm sure I'm pissing off everyone. And that's the thing. Like, I don't know that you are. I, mean, I well, think I am. I, I, I believe so? me, people fucking hate it when I talk about this. But you're like, being way more reasonable today than I've heard you be sometimes. It'll still bother people. Okay. I mean, uh, I, I make no friends. Uh, they're, they're, I hold. Do you know how tempting it is for me to like – just go with the flow and like spout about. Uh, do you know how much of a bummer it is to me when I open my fucking mouth at a dinner party when someone's going like, "Well, you know, we evolved," and like I'm just holding my tongue, you know, biting my tongue. I'm just like, Kirk, don't argue with them. You know, <laughs> I read in Psychology Today that we evolved to to rape people or whatever they say, <laughs> and I'll, and I'm just like, oh, you know, like it is. It's self destructive, you know, yeah. to have this point of view. So. There's a lot of incentives for me not to have this point of view. And for me to have this, it's only because I believe that it's just so obvious, you know, when you actually look at all this science. For example, there's a widely held belief in evolutionary psychology that when women are ovulating, that they prefer masculine men more. Have you heard that one? Yep. W widely held uh, belief in evolutionary psychology and beyond Obvious. They've they've done tons of studies, lots of reputation. When women are ovulating, they prefer, you know, the um, uh, who's a masculine man, like Javier Bardem. The, and yeah. when they're not ovulating, they like um, the, Brad Pitt or something. No, no, you got to go the uh, the guy Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, right. So so that's a widely held you know belief. They've done lots of studies with that. Uh, and they talk about it as if it's fact, and they've done it for decades. But research, the research that has been done so far has massive limitations. And that's what people, the lay people don't understand. And what scientists, I don't think, talk about enough is, is like, when you actually look at the research, the effect size might be very small. Yeah. Two, 
there are plenty of studies out there that don't even find that or find the opposite, uh-huh. but no one talks about that because it doesn't, doesn't fit the narrative. Also, many studies have extremely small sample sizes. Also, many studies will have a – there'll be p-hacking, which I can't even get into right now. And also, as I've talked about before, a lot of – the, they're picking participants on purpose that – no, p-hacking is a statistical oh, okay. trickery in which you find a way to find significance among lots of different measures. Uh, the idea goes is like if you study a hundred things in a in a in a study, some of them are going to be significant yeah. differences by random chance. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, anyway, so college kids uh, are often the participants, and they're often in one place in the world, the northeast of the United yeah. States. We're talking like Harvard. Yale, right. Georgetown, you know, MIT, this is where all the students are. What's the likelihood they represent the entire human race that's ever lived? Okay, recent research has looked into this question, and they have established a better method, more robust, more, mm-hmm. you know, more people involved, and they have found that women's preference isn't affected at all by their menstrual cycle. There's no signal at all. So as women are ovulating, they don't prefer one uh, or the other. Javier Bardem. <laughs> uh, they... they, they they prefer Javier Bardem all the time <laughs> over uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, Jesse Eisenberg. Um, Except he, when he's got the haircut from uh, No Country for Old Men. <laughs> <laughs> Even then. I mean, come on. That's a sexy dude. Um, now, maybe more research will come out, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is evolutionary psychology is propped up on these extremely limited studies. I've looked at I've looked. I've talked about it before. I've seen firm conclusions from evolutionary psychologists based on 15 uh, participants. Wow. You know, talking, again, if they were, if they just said, this says only 15 people from the Northeast of the United States. So I think, here's, here's an interesting finding from 15 people. This, we want to look more into this. Right. Um, Another uh, excellent video on YouTube that I actually put on our website, if you go to the links page or whatever. Um, Rebecca Watson, someone actually sent it to me. Rebecca Watson made this video and she attacked a particular study of evolutionary psychology that claimed to have found something. Mm. And um, and when she actually looked at the study, it, like, it didn't demonstrate that at all. And there were all the limitations and problems and stuff. So anyway, uh, the point is, is that obviously we evolved instincts. Yeah. Uh, all you got to do is look at all the other animals to know that... Um, that's a thing. That's a thing. <laughs> Plus, all you got to do is look at babies and know that's a thing. All you got to do is look at different siblings who are raised in almost identical situations to yeah. know that uh, people have different personality traits when they're born. You yeah. know, Of course, the environment will shape that greatly, but biology plays a role in our psychology. Um, knowing exactly how what weight... Right. Psych- biology versus culture. And to some extent, it's a philosophical silliness because we are never just biology. Right. We always are involved in culture. And, and, and one could argue that it... This is kind of what I was getting at earlier. DNA, currently for our technology, is a harder thing to change than maybe trying to change someone's mind over several years in some ways, right? Meaning, you know, you, you, you can see what I'm saying, right? Like you could try to educate someone... For 10 years in a certain direction, you cannot sort of now, but not mostly edit their DNA. CRISPR. Right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're almost there, but not quite yet, right? Like, I can't grab a human being, be like, 
okay, this is gone, this is gone, we're putting these new in. It's coming, but not quite. You could try to re-educate them over 10, 20 years, 30 years or something yeah. in some regards, right? But what I'm trying to get at is that it, in, in practical terms, for a lot of the things that we're talking about, they are still problems for society. Well, that's a whole other thing. And I'm, I mean, I'm glad I'm, you're bringing it up because maybe people are thinking that's what I'm talking about. But I'm not even talking about that. Sure. Like, I don't even, I, that's like a completely separate thing. Like, um, to me, that's irrelevant. Like, the notion that like we're born racist or we're taught to be racist, I don't even care. We just, that's fair. I, we I just can't yeah. be racist. It doesn't, I just, but, doesn't but, matter if it's natural or not. It's yeah. not. It's not okay. You know? the, the flip side to it is one thing that I have seen is uh, folks arguing on on a side that is trying to argue for justice for a new group or for for a new way of thinking. Uh, one thing that I have seen is a lack of empathy for sometimes the reality that. Even if it is all cultural in some cases, it's not something you can just tell someone, you're wrong, you got to change, and then they change. Right, right. And yeah, so I, I know it's a totally different topic. Well, but, it, it's related. Yeah. And, um, and so, for example, with um, girls entering STEM fields, yeah. science, technology, uh, engineering, and, and math, math um, there's you know a group of people that are like, we have to change that. So we have to create a 50-50 thing. Yeah. So how do you do that? Well, you encourage girls to do better. You try not to you try to protect girls from thinking that they're shitty at it. Yeah. You try to have role models that are women yeah. in STEM. You uh, try to make the activities perhaps more feminine in some way, you know, more feminine examples, you yeah. know, so to speak. I don't know. Uh, and um, and you know, I think most people will be like, okay, that's fine. But, but by the way, uh, but one yeah. of the things that they resort to sometimes yeah. that the that the conservative people will be upset, like Jordan Peterson, is they'll create quotas. They'll yeah. say like half of all of your STEM students at MIT need to be need to be that. female, yeah. and you know that's affirmative action essentially. And what they'll say is like that is counter to biology. And what I would say is, it might be. <laughs> well, and, um, right, and, and I would say, even if it weren't, uh, I don't think we... Who said, why is 50-50 the right approach to something in, in particular? Like, yeah. let's say we said, the right number of ratio of male to female cops should be 50-50. I'm like, why? What's the rationale? Like, we should explore that a little bit. If it's like, well, mm -hmm. we want to share equally in society's burden to be cops. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it's All a right. very it's a very weird conversation that I don't have the answer for, yeah. uh, because one of the classic affirmative action uh, things that we have done in this country is at, at a certain point we said, "Well, African Americans in our country have been oppressed and yeah. and kept down and m forced to not get an education, and and because the education isn't in their family of origin, yeah. and they don't have a they you know haven't been taught a culture and they don't have the social capital and the legacy to get into particular universities uh black a black boy or girl is already at a disadvantage just because right. of their race and it's because of racist white people doing that to previous generations that they start you know 10 yards back on the 100 right. yard dash so the uh solution is to do all those things of trying to trying to reach out right. to black people and you know what 
maybe their test scores don't need to be as good. And that was morally okay for that group. And so for that instance, and I agree with that, you know, in a lot of instances, you know, there's nuances to that, but it's just like, okay, you know, makes sense. Um, Well, what some people say is, well, what's the difference between a legacy of women being kept down in certain fields and why can't we have affirmative action in that way? Why can't we lower their test score thresholds yeah. to let them in? And I don't know the answer to that. My point is, is that um, the uh, the claim that we know that men are this way and women are that way um, in things like that is extremely difficult yep. uh, because – and what – people on the right will often say, or people who are pro-biology will say, is like, well, all you got to do is look at like seven-year-olds. There's right. differences. Well, <laughs> right, right. it doesn't take a genius yeah. to know that like... By seven, it's By over. seven, yeah. you've been socialized as a gender. Yeah. And I'm just saying it cuts both ways. It should cut both ways. Meaning, just as I'm agreeing, you cannot conclude that, well, that's just the way men are biological, right? It just like, you also can't conclude... That they're not, and therefore everything has to be 50-50, and everything should... Like, the extreme, right? And I know right. this sounds like an extreme, but like, no, no. birth, it should be 50-50. 50% of, of births should be given by men. Yeah. So you and I are dictators of the world. Yes. Um, would you agree, uh, co-consul of the, <laughs> of the world, Umbero, that... 50% of the co-consuls should be Umbertos. <laughs> that, that we would uh, initiate a program that would try to account for the cultural bias uh, that has been studied, yes. by the way. You know, that, like, what they find is, like, when a girl is seven, yep. she loves math just as much as the seven-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. By the time she's, like, 10, 13, she thinks she's stupid when it comes she to math. She can't do math. She's a girl. Yeah. And and it's like it doesn't take a genius. Math is hard. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, God, that's like a, that's like a real thing that Barbie said. Okay, and so um, you know we're not out of the woods. That, nope. You know, and so um, so we'll, we'll do everything we can to account for that, um, and maybe we'll have some slight uh, affirmative action, but not like right. Hard fifty fifty, right? But like you know, a little bit of encouragement, and then maybe one day down the road, um, when we've decided three hundred years from now that we've completely eradicated the notion of gender and math, then we can measure the the rates of right. women and men, uh, you know, becoming math majors right. in universities, and maybe we'll find it sixty forty, or maybe yeah. we'll find it's fifty five forty five, or maybe we'll find it seventy thirty, you know, but right. But we do know we've fucked up a little bit with our culture, yeah. so let's try to account for it at least a little bit. But let's not be so draconian and so like uh, black and white to say that there are no differences between yeah. men and women. You know, and this is, by the way, where I do get evolutionary, <laughs> which I know you've uh, we've even argued about before. But I I actually do believe this goes back to a physical uh, a physical overpowering by males, just millions of, going back millions of years, which means that males got to make the rules for most of history. And and that eventually turned into, well, males were the rulers of the city, of the country, of the empire. And males got to make the rules. So it's no surprise that males had the most choice. Males had the most freedom. Males had the most leisure time. Males had every in that sense, overall, right? Not one by one, just overall. Um, so, so I think of culture, it's not just that, as you know, culture is not just like, 
well, that's the thing we invented in the last 50 years. Culture, we're, we have a baggage of thousands of years of culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways, that's my Yeah, point. I mean, the notion of language is a cultural thing. You know, right. we don't sprout from the womb speaking. We, right. we get taught a language. So going back to, you know, our species 200,000 years ago, there, there was a culture around language, yep. some, some kind of communication, and every human being on the planet has descended from a, just small iterations of yep. whoever invented the first words, right. slowly morphed into every single language that we speak today, you know? And so... Uh, and those phrases, you know, we are taught phrases and ideas that have come along for thousands of years that have... Sexism built into them. Right. So it's a, it's a form of genetics. <laughs> right. So 200,000 years ago, there were ideas of men and women. Yeah. And, you know, who knows what they were, but those were cultural ideas. Not, anyway. not, not to mention the incredible influence that uh, religious systems play in the world. And when you're taught from the moment you're able to listen, that, listen, the God, the creator, everything is this male, right? And his son, his very important son is a male. And all the angels are sort of, they sound very male. They got male names. There's one woman in the story. She basically gave birth. Don't worry about her. She well, was a virgin. She it, was pure and virginal. And, and it says in the scripture that men are the bosses. The, they're the bosses. And women right. are... So, so, yeah. So, then you're talking about culture. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. It's written into, yeah. into religious law, right. But But it's not a culture that we just sprouted recently. It's been around for, like, ever. All right. Well, we're in much need of a break. When we get back, let's let's talk about some other stuff. What do you say, bro? Let's do it. All right. We're back from the break. Berto, why should people become a patron of the podcast? Well, we have a, a long tradition of really prioritizing patrons when it comes to emails, things, topics they want us to cover. They get featured. They get prizes. Uh, they come, you know, we, we really value our patrons at events we do. And uh, actually, they're also supporting a show that, you know, we, I know you put in an incredible amount of work for this. And it's giving back, you know, a set of tools and ideas that hopefully have some value for, for students of the field and things like that. In addition to that, their donations go to help great causes like, you know, the pets and uh, what other things are... Homelessness. Homelessness. And uh, LGBTQIA youth. Right. Yeah. And the next thing we have on our list is we, if we get enough patrons, we need about 100 more, we will create a scholarship fund, and we will... I don't know exactly what it would look like. Maybe like... I don't know if it'd be like one a year or five a year or something. We would actually give... Uh, a scholarship for people who want to go to graduate school to study evolutionary psychology. Sweet. (laughs) So along those lines, famous patron Lyndon wrote uh, Sperto and he said, he asked, uh, what is losing its charm in 2018? Oh, well, like what things are going out of vogue? I don't know what he means. He just said, (laughs) what is losing its charm? Or or is he asking, what is the phrase losing its charm mean in 2018? (laughs) What is... I'll tell you something that has lost its charm. No one says it's losing its charm in 2018. <laughs> but, uh, okay. What, well, what he is Irish are, after all. So yeah. Maybe. What's losing its lucky charms? <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, let's see. Well, okay. I'll tell you what's lost some of its charm. Bands. Rock bands. Oh. 
I mean, but specifically in 2018 as opposed to 2017. Oh, well, it's getting... I see. I see what you're saying. I mean, I, I guess you could include that. I mean, okay. It's just in 2018. I thought it meant like, you know, it's coming Over to time. a head kind of thing. Yeah, uh, definitely a rock band. Um, but, you know, I go to music festivals and yeah. stuff, and I find that it, there's a lot of rock bands. Hmm. And there's a lot of young people who who make rock bands. Yeah. I mean, they don't necessarily It's not call. as known, I guess. Yeah. Like, there's no okay. Nirvana, and there's no right. Pearl Jam. Right. That we know of, anyway. Right. Um, anyway. Okay. Uh, um, things lo- lost its charm. There was uh, social network-wise. Let's see. Facebook is losing some charm. Really? Oh, you because know. of their bad press. Yeah. There was, although, I don't know if that, that really hurt them very much. In terms of the, in actu- the long term. In the actual numbers. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else is losing its charm? Certain shows lost. Oh, House of Cards. <laughs> okay, you know what's lost its charm? Yeah. The handsy executive male bosses. Yeah. That's lost its charm. Yeah. Well, for me, I would say Star Wars saturation. Ooh, that's lost its charm. You know, because yeah. uh, Han Solo came out and there I think was... it pushed it a little. A but, precipitative, yeah. dr- you know, the amount of energy for Episode 7, Rogue One, Episode yeah. 8 was gigantic and yeah. something happened in 2018 to Star Wars. Star Wars has lost its charm. Oh, by the way, someone wrote in and said, we don't have to wait till December next year. Uh, May is when episode nine comes out. Oh, so they just changed the schedule. I guess so. That's Which is kind of weird. Off, man. It's kind of fun to, to yeah. have December. Yes. You know? Uh, okay, so that's, you're right. But that also it, it's charm. bothersome because so many good movies come out in December, mm. <laughs> even just on Christmas day. You yeah. Know? Yeah. It's anyway, um, what else lost its charm? Well, I would say political humor for me has lost its charm. Like, I was in the you know in the in the. It's uh, like it's like not funny anymore. You mean? Yeah, it's not funny yeah. anymore. Like when yeah. I uh, watch um, yeah. what's her face? What's her? She has a show. Uh, the one she got in trouble recently from um, the Daily Show. Yeah, yeah. Um, what God, is her name? What is her name? God damn it! Um, I loved her. I yeah. thought she was great on the Daily Show. I liked her show. And I'm just I'm just tired of it. It it's like it's just I don't know if it's just not funny or I, I see through the social construct of it all yeah. and the engineering around like okay great you're is that all we do on the left is just ridicule the right is that is that I actually our, is that our only yeah. recourse is just to make fun of them I actually had that that years ago uh, with the Daily Show uh, when Bush was in office. Uh, I think it was during, probably during his second term, or maybe even his first term. Yeah, I used to love The Daily Show. I used to love yeah. John Stewart. Uh, but as I kept watching and sort of like the realization, like what you're saying right now, that realization of, wait a minute, is this just our release valve? Because that's the only thing we can do? Right. <laughs> One, I think that there are many left leaning Americans who think that watching those shows is actually like a political activist. Yeah. Like uh, it gets us somewhere. Yeah. It doesn't get us any fucking it, it, I actually think it has the opposite effect. Totally. That's has why the I stopped effect. watching the, like, the daily show. When the right sees clips or when the right actually pulls clips, which yeah. is even worse and shows what the left is paying attention to and holding up, yeah. it hurts their feelings. Right. Right, and then they and then they clam up, and they had start attacking us. And and I'll say that uh, I think it also has the the opposite effect, even for the the people watching, because 
it is a way to diffuse the yeah. the strength of your convictions kind of thing. Because you're like, ah, <laughs> yeah, it's a messed up world. We well, live in. those people yeah. are so stupid. Right. It's and, like, yeah. The, and the it technique. has this illusion of like, well, we're all laughing at this, so obviously something's going to get done. Right. But it's like, not necessarily. Yeah, like growing up in, in Colombia in the 80s, uh, the, you know, the three main things that were used to diffuse the, how, just how messed up everything was. One, beauty pageants. Two, soccer. <laughs> and three, uh, like parties or events, you know, like carnivals or uh, big parties and celebrations. Oh, yeah. Didn't um, what's-his-face uh, throw big Pablo, parties? Yeah. Pablo Escobar? Yeah. Um, yeah, along those lines, soccer, I, you know, World Cup. Yeah. F- fever is going yeah, on yeah, right now. Yeah, it's crazy right now. Um, Colombia I, lost against Japan. Oh, really? Ah, ah my friend. My, my friend, uh, Shun, and you are going to dominate me. Damn it. <laughs> um, and I'm, you know, I'm watching clips online, and, and there's some, you know, these guys are just amazing athletes, and yes. there's some amazing things happening. But, um, the flopping and the complaining. It's weird. <laughs> like, like you, you watch. Right. So YouTube, ha- I don't know if it's YouTube that's making, but every game is uh, like summarized highlights yeah. on, on YouTube right now. And if you watch like probably every or every other goal that's scored, <laughs> you'll see like at least one. A life-ending injury. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, because you'll see at least one person flop or – and or you'll see one person just super complaining about something. Right. You know, like the the keep the goal keep will get scored on and he'll immediately start pointing at yeah. someone. He'll just like, no, that was a you know, and it's just like you know, the you know, they're not <laughs> soccer dudes are not, you know, wussies. No, no. It's part it, of the culture, man. It's part it's because they're rewarded for doing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like you know how in hockey so growing up, there's no hockey in Colombia, okay? So growing up, whenever I would watch a hockey fight, like in a movie or TV or whatever, I thought that was this rare occurrence that was weird. Like, whoa, they're getting in a fight. I never realized that's part of the game. Yeah, especially for the minor leagues because, you know, Seattle used to have a uh, – I don't know the exact – it was semi-pro, right. it, it, the Thunderbirds. And at that level, yeah. the crowd doesn't really care about, like – the game because they the yeah they're, they're just there to enjoy it and yeah. get drunk and if there wasn't not only one fight you had to have multiple three fights there's there's a minimum of three fights <laughs> minimum formula and yeah it was bizarre they, so, so soccer they, is they similar. would they would throw they would throw their um gloves off oh yeah and the refs would let them fight because the refs work for the league well that's why i couldn't understand back in the sega genesis days and the nintendo days where the hockey game let you fight yeah. and at that i honestly at the time i thought oh that's a funny easter egg that you can <laughs> fight but it's no, a thing I, yeah i and mean so NH- soccer is similar in that like nhl they try to crack down but okay in the minor leagues it was like oh, yeah. so the soccer culture is that uh, you need to get that penalty counted, right. right? So you need to make it sound and feel like you lost a head. Yeah, and it is rewarded. Right. Um, now, this isn't to say that football, American football or basketball or uh, I suppose baseball doesn't have people who are complaining and this kind of thing. But, but, right, but, but, the, <laughs> but the ratio. No, no. And also, like in football, I think it's the opposite thing is glorified. It, you're not rewarded for... Oh, he tripped me, right? Like, it's like, you're rewarded for, I took 
20 dudes yeah. all ramming into my chest and or, I kept running. And or I flung my body into someone else's. But right. yeah, so now it's a it's a common American person thing to right. say, <laughs> oh, the flopping and the complaining at soccer. But I know people in, I, I have Mexican friends that hate it too. It, it, it just, it, it, you know, as someone who doesn't respect the players, because I don't know the players. Right. When I see it, it really turns me off to watching it. And <laughs> I, I feel like that's just... And there are people I'm reading on Reddit, you know, they're just like, this, this shit's got to stop. Like, the, the thing that you... That, it seems like there's two things you have to do. One is you have to tell the ref, stop rewarding it. But it's like they just started watching soccer, though. This has and, always been the case. But it's getting out of control. You think so? The, the other thing is, is like, <laughs> the amount of camera coverage today mm. is so much more right. robust. Like, back in the day, you had maybe two angles. Because the thing about soccer is you don't really need a lot of angles for cameras. You can just have one camera. You know what I mean? Whereas now, especially World Cup, you've probably got, like, 30 cameras like on these people and right. close-ups and slow-mo and so what some people are saying is you have to find these people or you have to have a review you, but, can, but you need to review the, the you, tape you need because you know it's a slow slow sport right so you actually historically when um you know when big soccer games would happen most people couldn't even watch the broadcast because it was either not broadcast on tv or you might not even have a tv so you would listen to the radio right and the announcers that announce soccer are so animated. I'm sure you've heard it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so it's like you turn this thing where it's like in reality it would be like, all right, he, he's coming up the field with the ball again. And, oh, he's going to pass. No, never mind. You know, it, it, just so you know, uh, listeners at home, they're passing it back and forth. Just imagine that. <laughs> Instead, they're like, and he comes down the left. Oh, my God, he's about to pass. Oh, oh, right. So they turn it into like this grandiose spectacle in your brain, right? Yeah. Which means if there is a foul, like a penalty or something. Oh, oh, he's been turned down. His head came off. His legs are bleeding. You know, it's like that kind of thing. And I think that just became the culture is that, you know. It, we got to make it interesting. <laughs> Just like baseball, you know, when I when I watch baseball, um uh, well, it, more a better analogy is NASCAR. Like okay. when there are when there are car wrecks. Sure. Like there are a fair amount of people, me included, who really only want to watch the car wrecks. Yeah, like yeah. I'm I'm not really that concerned with who wins this this 500-mile race, you right. know what I mean? Uh, that doesn't, you know, uh, anyway, I the but the Rex, you show me a clip of that, like I'm interested. Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> so maybe it's that too. I don't know. I guess what I, what I was trying to say about baseball is a different but related point, which is I think every sport's got its own little idiosyncrasies. And if you like me, not having grown up really with baseball, and when I first started watching baseball, I was always like, why do they keep spitting? <laughs> yeah, know? I know it is weird. Well, because they're bored out of their minds, and they have chew. A lot of them had yeah. chew, right? Yeah. yeah, I never, I never knew that, but. I want to say I grew up playing soccer. I played okay. I played soccer and but American soccer. Right. And none of us flopped and none of <laughs> yeah, us complained. Yeah, yeah. Like uh it's, it's only when you get up to that uh, and I had friends who played soccer in high school and they didn't flop and I they see. they didn't complain. Uh you know, it's only in this upper echelon when I think what happens is it's so competitive. Yeah. And they're so desperate to win. And every goal is so incredibly important right. that uh, they use every single thing available to them. And again, if you let them get away with it, you don't yellow card them when they when they flop 
and and you know do something um, untoward, then they're just going to keep doing it anyway. Yeah. Another question that FPL asked was, how do you and Berto unwind and blow off steam, Berto? I. Uh, let myself get uh, taken down in a soccer game and I flop and I... <laughs> no, just kidding. Let's see. Uh, how do I unwind? I'm assuming I that... I just want to say also, it doesn't... Uh, from my understanding, Messi doesn't flop very often. Like, Oh, he doesn't? Yeah. Oh, I don't like, know. I, from what I understand, Messi, like, uh, take, he just powers takes through. Takes the hits and keeps on... Running. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I guess I have seen So there are that. some players that right. actually, as a matter of integrity, I'm they guessing, they're just it. like, I'm just not going to flop. Yeah, yeah. You know, if, if someone fouls me... And the ref sees it, then okay. it happens. But if they don't see it, I'm, I'm moving on because I, <laughs> right. I want to score. You know what I mean? All right. How do I unwind? All right. I have a couple things that work. One of them is I watch a funny show while drinking a nice brew. Like a brew, like a, a dark beer. That'll, that'll really? help me unwind. Yeah. I didn't know that. So you have like in your fridge like a, a dark um, beer? So I've tried to cut down because it's so many calories. But if I... If I had a choice, yeah, hmm. like a, a stout, uh, espresso stout or a Guinness or, you know. And Why then, do you like that kind of beer? Um, you know, I, over the years, I started liking that more and more because I think normal, well, sort of the, when I was younger and I would try beer, a lot of times it was like the Budweiser's or things like that. And I hated how it was like kind of like water flavored water. And and I like water stronger, flavored water. Water flavored. I like strong taste. You know, I love spicy food. I like all these things. Yeah. So so uh, stouts. Well, I'm surprised have a strong not, taste. Not to hack on FPL's, you know, glorious Guinness, but I find Guinness to not have that much taste, even though it's well, like it's it. like black. Yeah. But there's not. It's a pretty light beer in my experience. Mm, interesting. Well, that's one way. The compared, other way compared to other stouts, compared and to other stouts, IPAs sure. and stuff. Another way that I unwind is I will play uh, some of my favorite video games on the PC. Which are what? Um, lately, I've gone back to real-time strategy games, namely Age of Empires, oh. the Definitive Edition, which looks great in 4K, and StarCraft II. I went back to StarCraft II. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've, I've dipped back into StarCraft II every now and then. Um, that game came out, what, like 10 years ago? Yeah. And it's still being played. Yeah. They need to come out with like an like. Well, remember they came out with two follow ups that were yeah. you know the heart the heart of the swarm and then uh, the void the heart of the void or whatever or yeah can't be legacy of the void which is fine but it wasn't like and and I think I played at least one of them yeah. and which was fun but it was like but it's not a new version it's which which I don't care you can yeah. have DLC you don't need to yeah. you know anyway um, yeah I guess I've been unwinding doing that too what game am I playing. On the PC right now, though, I started playing a game from the '80s called Empire. Do you remember Empire? It's like oh. a it's like a, a turn based strategy game, oh. like armies and neat and cities and stuff. Text based or no? But it looks like it. Simple graphics, very simple. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, but no, I'm playing some other game. Oh, what? Oh, it's um, Pillars of the Earth. I think it's called. Ooh. It's based on Baldur's Gate. Do you remember Baldur's Gate? The yeah. D and D game. Totally. And uh, but it's a brand new game, uh, oh. Pillars of the Earth Two, I think it is. Um, and it's on what on, on PC? PC, yeah, on Steam. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, it's fun. Um, but <laughs> I don't know. Like yeah. one of my favorite games was uh, the Dark. What was it? Dark? Ta no, it was based on Baldur's Gate, but it was like a. Oh man! It came out on PS2. 
Oh, yeah. Dark something. I think it was on the first Xbox, too. Oh, my God. I love that game so much. Yeah. It was yeah. like a D&D type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I will watch... when Before I go to bed, Before I so when I know my brain isn't really working anymore, yeah. and I'm just sort of like, okay, it's the last half hour before I go to sleep, um, I just watch like YouTube clips that are suggested to me. Oh yeah, and for whatever reason, YouTube suggests that I watch a lot of SNL clips. Oh okay, Saturday Night Live clips. That would be good. And what I have learned is that Saturday Night Live in the last five years has become generally funny. Oh what? Like, yeah, like when I watch when I watch clips from ten, fifteen years ago. <laughs> Terrible. Unless it's one of the classics. Yeah. Like um, you know. Uh, um, like Gun- the goat boy <laughs> I hated that uh, Gunter from uh, Sprockets you know yeah, yeah. like well that's even older right right yeah uh, but so so there are some good classics but really like most of the skits from SNL prior to like five, really bad, yeah. five years ago there was just like okay you can just tell the writing is bad and the acting isn't very right. good but in the past five years SNL like I would say um, at least of the ones they suggest to me. Right. Like I'm, I'm laughing out loud. Oh, like have you ever seen the Californians? Oh, I guess I have. Yes, yes like that's that a pretty, pretty funny one. Yeah, and then anything with Melissa McCarthy. Right, she is. Oh my funny. god! Like she and she's been on SNL like a few times at least. And right. and there are, I mean, she. <laughs> but I only find her funny because I, out of affirmative action in my head. Yeah, there's this one where Melissa McCarthy, she is applying for a loan. This would have been like, I don't know, seven or eight years ago on SNL. And she is, um, she's, she's trying to get this pizza company going. And the guy's <laughs> like, okay, well, there's a lot of pizza, you know, stores in this town, but you know, <laughs> let's look at your business proposal. She's like, no, I'm not, I don't want to sell pizza. I, I want to eat pizza, <laughs> you know, cause I read this book and it said, you know, find what you're good at and you, you know, da, da, da. And he's like, you can't make money doing that. She's like, no, let me, That's my dream. let me, let me explain like, uh, uh, you know, pizza left out. You don't know who who's going to eat it. Well, that's when I come in. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not giving it justice, right. but it's it's it's. I hilarious. like the premise. It sounds funny. It gives me a little bit of a wind down, yeah. or I like uh, the Office. Um, oh yeah, clips or uh, bloopers from Parks and Rec. See, I need to try this because recently I've had the opposite problem because I have a hard time going to sleep. Because I end up watching news. Oh, boy. It's terrible. You know what, though? Uh, I, ju- I recently found a new channel that's that I'm enjoying a lot. and Because he does these uh, pitch meetings for movies. Have you seen this one? No. I think it's called Screen Rant. I think that's the channel. Hmm. But he does pitch uh, pitch meeting for, and then he goes through I've Avengers. Seen, I've seen or, Screen Rant before, yeah. Right. And so it's hilarious. So it's the same guy. He plays the role of like the, the studio producer on one side and the, the screenwriter on the other side. And, and, and it's great because he'll point out all the ridiculous things in all these movies, yeah. but as if he's pitching them as a movie. Right. And it's pretty good. Right. So, yeah. been so, so get this. So get that. this. The, the pinnacle... Uh, <laughs> Superman is about to kill Batman. <laughs> and Batman says, Martha. It's golden, right? Yes. Yes. It is. Uh, okay. Okay. Get, get, get this. Han Solo, he's not just a loner. Wait, don't spoil because some people might not have seen it. Spoiler alert. He's not just a loner. He is Solo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
All right, another question, final question from FBL. Have you ever really hit it off with someone on the first meeting, platonic or romantic, but by the second meeting, on the second meeting, everything fell flat and the rapport disappeared? Has that ever happened to you, Berto? Yes, absolutely. Yeah? So when I was 19, wait, was I 19? No. I was like 21. Yeah. Let's drill down on that detail. I was younger. (laughs) Yes. Wait, was it 21 or 21 in one month? Yeah. Uh, Anyways, the point is... uh, I asked uh, a gal out, and she was younger than me by maybe two years. So maybe she's the one. Yeah, let's drill down on that, too. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) The age difference matters for the story. The point is she was younger. We went out. uh, How younger, bro? How much younger? (laughs) I need to know. (laughs) I need to know. (laughs) When we met, we, we talked, and it was wonderful, and we like hit it off. We're like, wow, this is so fun. So I asked her out on a date. We went out on a date, and it was like we had nothing in common. Were you s- drunk and then sober? You yes. Know I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it was it was so night and day. Like It's like, yeah. oh my gosh, that was a blast. I can't wait for our date. And then we had the date, and everything I would bring up, it was like, wah, wah. <laughs> you know? The was, only, the only person I can think of that popped into my head famous patron linen was it it was about 20 years ago and it was someone that i worked with it was actually another therapist mm-hmm. at my very first therapist job and I, I don't remember if it was the second meeting but it was like we had a, a couple hangout sessions where we were you know i don't know what you, what you call it but we hung out a few times yeah, and, I, and i remember thinking like oh this this guy might be a new friend and then there was this one time we got together and we had this long conversation i remember in in my apartment and I remember it. we were sort of arguing, but, uh-huh. I, but I didn't know what we were arguing about. And I remember even in the middle, I was just like, what are we arguing about? But there was something about just his tone or the whole vibe or I felt kind of bad for participating in the argument. And like after that, like we never hung out again. Oh, wow. You know, it, it wasn't like we hated each other. You yeah, know, it was more just like... Just- well, I guess Scorched we can't, earth. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're not friends. You yeah, know? I guess I don't want to hang out with you anymore. You yeah, it's probably probably mutual. You and know? it went unsaid. And I remember, you know, the reason why it popped in my head is because it was totally what famous Patron Lennon is saying. It's like you totally hit it off, right? And then some. And then one meeting, everything just kind of falls apart. But you right. don't know why, because because what Lyndon is saying, it's not like you get in a fight or they slap right. you. It's like something just strangely goes wrong. Yeah. So he's also asking, why do you think this happens, Berto? Uh, okay. Well, and you, you pointed to one reason, which was the first time I met this person that I was talking about, I was, I was pretty inebriated. And in that mode, you know me, I am happy Berto. Well, unless I'm depressed, angry Berto. <laughs> but if I'm not, uh, if I'm not, I'm happy Berto. And happy Berto can be friends with almost anyone. <laughs> And Happy Berto is not that discerning about whether that would be a real friendship or not, right? Well, and <laughs> they were probably intoxicated. Uh, actually, they weren't. Oh. But I will say that Happy Berto can appear to be one way. Okay. <laughs> and maybe that's not normal Happy Berto. Yeah. Happy Drunk Berto won't talk about super geeky things that normal non-Happy Drunk Berto is probably into. <laughs> right. I, I also imagine, again, I'm, I wasn't there, but... Um, actually, I was. It was me. Um, uh, it is that when you are hanging out at a party or something? Oh my gosh! Like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of like 
I don't know, freedom. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> full disclosure, dude. Uh, oh, it, it was at a strip club. <laughs> it was at a strip club. So granted, I was wondering. It's like, why would okay. you be intoxicated? And then that's why it was at a strip club, and so that already kind of gives you a lot of other reasons why it probably didn't work out the second time. And she was working. Yeah, and I asked her out, and she said yes, and we went on a date, and the date was horrible. <laughs> Interesting. We had nothing in common. Oh, like at the at the strip club. I was like, woohoo, we're just having it. It was like someone's bachelor party or something. And it was like, whoa, right? And it was like, I don't even know. I actually wasn't a bachelor party. It was just a night in Seattle. It was like some random thing. And I was having a great time. I was just like on a roll that night, you know? So we were like, oh, we should talk about it. And uh, we did. And then sober. And we tried to talk, and basically nothing I was into was something she knew or cared about, and everything she might have wanted to talk about, we just, I was, she didn't bring up anything, and so no, it's just like, so we had a date, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that does it for that episode of Psychology in Seattle. Thanks for joining us out there. Please take care of yourself, because you deserve it.